This is the London Visited podcast on your favourite podcast provider, bringing to you the facts, history and information about different parts of this great capital. If you have been to London, are planning on visiting, live here or just love London from afar, then this is the podcast for you. Hi, I'm Steve and welcome to our podcast. We're here for all things London and to tell you more behind some of the iconic places and people in London's history. In this episode, we go back to Hampton Court Palace for our second part of our two-part look at this wonderful place by the River Thames. Don't forget to visit and subscribe to our YouTube channel, London Visited, to see videos covering this place and so many others across London. Also, if you love the podcast and the channel, why not join us as a member? Join our group of what we like to call our London Visited Crown Jewels, where there are many different benefits, including a members-only monthly podcast. Have a look by going to patreon.com forward slash London Visited. And now to this week's podcast. Hampton Court Palace was used as a location for a performance of The Six Wives of Henry VIII by rock keyboardist Rick Wakeman in 2009. The palace was the venue for the road cycling time trial of the 2012 Summer Olympics and temporary structures for the event including a set of thrones for time trialists in the medal positions, were installed in the grounds. In 2015, Hampton Court celebrated the 500th anniversary of the groundbreaking of construction of the palace. The celebrations included daily dramatised historical scenes. The palace's construction began on the 12th of February 1515. On the 9th of February the following year, Vincent Nichols, the Catholic Archbishop of Westminster, celebrated Vespers in the Chapel Royal. This was the first Catholic service held at the palace for 450 years and the first since the Elizabethan religious settlement established Protestantism as the national denomination. The palace houses many works of art and furnishings from the royal collection, mainly dating from the two principal periods of the palace's construction, the early Tudor Renaissance and the late Stuart to the early Georgian period. In September 2015, the Royal Collection recorded 542 works, but only those with images as being located at Hampton Court, mainly paintings and furniture, but also ceramics and sculpture. The full current list can be obtained from their website. The single most important work is the Triumph for Caesar, housed in the Lower Orangery. The palace once held the Raphael cartoons, now kept at the Victorian Albert Museum. Their home, the cartoon gallery on the south side of the Fountain Court was designed by Christopher Wren. Copies were painted in 1690s by the minor artist Henry Cook and now displayed in their place. Also on display are important collections of ceramics, including numerous pieces of blue and white porcelain collected by Queen Mary II, both Chinese imports and Delftware. Much of the original furniture dates from the late 17th and early 18th century, including tables by Jean Pelletier, India-back walnut chairs by Thomas Roberts, and clocks and a barometer by Thomas Tomplin. Several state beds are still in their original positions, as is the throne canopy in the King's Privy Chamber. This room contains a crystal chandelier of circa 1700, possibly the first such in the country. The King's Guard Chamber contains a large quantity of arms, muskets, pistols, swords, daggers, powder horns and pieces of armour arranged on the walls in decorative patterns. Bills exist for payment to a John Harris, dated 1699, 
for an arrangement believed to be that still seen today. The timber and plaster ceiling of the chapel is considered the most important and magnificent in Britain, but it is all that remains of the Tudor decoration, after redecoration supervised by Sir Christopher Wren. The altar is framed by a massive but plain oak redodos, with garlands carved by grinning gibbons during the reign of Queen Anne. Opposite the altar, at first floor level, is the royal pew, where the royal family would attend services, apart from the general congregation seated below. The clergy, musicians and other ecclesiastical officers employed by the monarch at Hampton Court, as in other English royal premises, are known collectively as the Chapel Royal. Properly used, the term does not refer to a building. The grounds as they appear today were laid out in grand style in the late 17th century. There are no authentic remains of Henry VIII's gardens, merely a small knot garden planted in 1924, which hints at the garden's 16th century appearance. Today, the dominating feature of the grounds is the great landscaping scheme constructed for Sir Christopher Wren's intended new palace. From a water-bounded semicircular partier, the length of the east front, three avenues radiate in a crow's foot pattern. A central avenue containing not a walk or a drive, but a great canal known as the Long Water was excavated during the reign of Charles II in 1662. The design, radical at the time, is another immediately recognizable influence from Versailles and was indeed laid out by pupils of André Lenot, Louis XIV's landscape gardener. On the south side of the palace is the privy garden, bounded by semicircular wrought iron gates. This garden, originally William III's private garden, was replanted in 1992 in period style with manicured hollies and yews along the geometric system of paths. On a raised site overlooking the Thames is a small pavilion, the Banqueting House. This was built circa 1700 for informal meals and entertainments in the gardens rather than for the larger state dinners which would have taken place inside the palace itself. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. A nearby conservatory houses the Great Vine, planted in 1769. By 1968, it had a trunk of 81 inches thick and has a length of 100 feet. It still produces an annual crop of grapes. The palace included apartments for the use of favoured royal friends. One such apartment is described as being in the pavilion situated on the home park of Hampton Court Palace. This privilege was first extended about 1817 by Prince Edward, Duke of Kent and Strathern, to his friend, Lieutenant General James Moore KC and his new bride, Cecilia Watson. George IV continued this arrangement following the death of Prince Edward on the 23rd of January, 1820. The Queen continued the arrangement for the widow of General Moore following his death on the 24th of April, 1838. This particular apartment was used for 21 years or more 
and spanned three different sponsors. A well-known curiosity of the palace's grounds is Hampton Court Mace, planted in the 1690s by George London and Henry Wise for William III. It was originally planted with hornbeam. It has been repaired latterly by using different types of hedge. There is a 3D online browser simulation of Hampton Court Mace. Inspired by the narrow views of a Tudor garden that can be seen through doorways in a painting, the family of Henry VIII, hanging in the palace's haunted gallery, a new garden in the style of Henry VIII's 16th century privy gardens, has been designed to celebrate the anniversary of that king's accession to the throne. Sited on the former Chapel Court Garden, it has been planted with flowers and herbs from the 16th century and is completed by gilded heroic beasts and bold green and white painted fences. The formal gardens and park are Grade 1 listed on the Register of Historic Parks and Gardens. There are 10 statues of heraldic animals, called the King's Beasts, that stand on the bridge over the moat leading to the Great Gatehouse. Unlike the Queen's Beasts, in Kew Gardens, these statues represent the ancestry of King Henry VIII and his third wife, Jane Seymour. The animals are the Lion of England, the Seymour Lion, the Royal Dragon, the Black Bull of Clarence, the Yale of Beaufort, the White Lion of Mortimer, the White Greyhound of Richmond, the Tudor Dragon, the Seymour Panther and the Seymour Unicorn. The set of the Queen's Beasts at the coronation of Queen Elizabeth II replaced the three Seymour items and one of the dragons by a griffin of Henry III, the Horse of Hanover, the Falcon of Plantagenets and the Unicorn of Scotland. In 2009, to celebrate the 500th anniversary of the accession to the throne of King Henry VIII, a new Tudor garden was created in the chapel court, Hampton Court. To decorate the garden, eight small wooden king's beasts were carved and painted in bright colours, each sitting atop a six-foot-high painted wooden column. The heraldic beasts, carved by Ben Harms, include the Golden Lion of England, the White Greyhound of Richmond, the Red Dragon of Wales and the White Heart of Richard II, all carved from English oak. The historically correct colours were researched by Patrick Beatty, paint colour consultant at Hampton Court. The beasts are a different design to those on the bridge, based on period drawings in the College of Arms. The palace has been used as a location for filming and television shows, including The Private Life of Henry VIII, Three Men in a Boat, Vanity Fair, Little Dorrit, John Adams, The Young Victoria, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides, Sherlock Holmes, A Game of Shadows, The Theory of Everything, Cinderella, Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, The Favourite, Belgravia, The Great and Bridgerton. So, I hope you've enjoyed our two-part look at Hampton Court Palace. If you'd like to make contact with us or suggest any other places you'd like us to feature in future podcasts, you can let me know through our website, londonvisited.co.uk or our social media. It really is that easy. Thanks for listening and really hope you enjoyed our podcast and we'll see you soon on the next one. Bye. Thanks for listening and please don't forget to subscribe to get more shows direct to your device. Also, why not visit our London Visited YouTube channel to get even more of London. Catch you soon on the next one.